if this is your first time or uh, you're just new to church uh, on the rock in general, uh, I, we're both pastors here. That's right. My name's Drew Simpson. This is Aaron Weiser. That's right. Um, uh, we'd love to know that you're here. Um, and also, if you have questions, comments, uh, prayer requests, anything, uh, the absolute best way to do that is a welcome card. You can grab one of those after the service over the info table and you give that in. And if you do that, you also get a gift. It's from a ministry we support in India, which has an awesome story that you can yep. hear about uh, when you do that. And if you've never been with us, uh, know that as we're together uh, celebrating Jesus, that we get to encounter his love. Uh, yeah. We get to encounter him in his word, yeah. transformed as we meet together. Uh, but also, uh, this is not just us being together for fun. We yeah. actually are meeting with God That's here. Right. And so Amen. if you are here to meet God, you get to meet him today. Is that good news? Amen. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so... On that note. On that note, we have an old friend of ours. We do. Who's going to be sharing the word this morning. Yeah. Would you guys welcome the retired Reverend Skip Bowersox? <laughs> yeah. Heavy on the old. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I've said this in front of this group in a while, but your teaching is a gift to our church body. I'm yeah. so glad that you're here this morning. Yeah, thanks. I, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity. Yeah. For sure. Let me pray for you, and then we'll jump in. Yeah, thanks. God, I do thank you for Skip and the gifts that you have invested in him by your spirit for our benefit. And again, like we ask every week, I pray that we would maximize that benefit by responding with open hearts, uh, by responding with willing hearts uh, to not just hear but to be doers of the word, that we would respond with action. Uh, we give this time to you. We commit it to your purposes. We present ourselves ready to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks. Well, good morning. Uh, my family, uh, we have been actually out of town for a little bit, um, on a little vacay. And uh, so it's actually been two weeks since I've actually even worshipped here with you. And I got to tell you, last night as I was thinking about it, I was just getting excited about being in this room, in this environment with you. And actually, I was just thinking, yeah, tomorrow I'm going to be in the same room with Aaron and Drew again. Wow, it's going to be awesome, right? So lots of fun. Uh, this morning, we're going to start by reading. And um, I have, there's something that I have been putting off for the last six years or however long I've been doing this, and it, I cannot put it off any longer. I'm actually kind of uh, ashamed of this, but it must be done. I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I left the house without him, and I thought, no, I can, I can, one more week. I can get through this, but I can't. I need him. So if you would, uh, let's, uh, let's just begin our time uh, just very simply reading the Word, and if you would, stand, and we'll, we'll give honor to the Word as we do so. I'm going to read from the book, and, and uh, you will have it on the screen. And when he drew near to Bethphage at Bethany, at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? 
you shall say this, the Lord has need of it. And those who were sent went away and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus, and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloak on the road. And as, as he was drawing near already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that, he, that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who has come in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he answered, Dude. <laughs> because if it were me, that's exactly what I would have said. Fellas, you don't understand. I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Amen? You can have a seat. Today begins what we know as the, the Holy Week. Uh, we are celebrating today Jesus' triumphal, triumphant entry into Jerusalem. We just read the story. The people who have gathered around him who are praising him, calling him the king, the son of David, they have certain expectations of him that he would come and rescue them from their oppressive situation. And they are very excited. Very soon in their minds, Jesus, this guy right here, uh, he, he will set up his own throne and they will be saved. In fact, in the other Gospels, uh, they are calling, it doesn't mention here in Luke, but in other Gospels, we discover that they're calling out a word to him. Hosanna, save us, rescue us. Uh, we are so anticipating you in your power coming to our rescue. But the crowd will very quickly lose that enthusiasm. And their expectations of what Jesus is about to do, well, they will become progressively disappointed. In the next couple of hours, they're going to find out that Jesus doesn't ride up to the, to the actual palace, right? The throne room and kick Herod off. No, they, there begins this series of events. It seems like Jesus' entire ministry, all this buildup that, that only just recently culminated in the resurrection of Lazarus. It seems like in that week, in the, right before their very eyes, this would-be king is going to become not just a, not just a dud, but a loser, <laughs> A, a, a criminal condemned to death. He will go from looking healthy and strong and bright with life to being thin and bled out and weak, pale, abused. And they'll wonder, whoa, what is going on? Jesus, you have become to us such a disappointment. And in their disappointment, as often happens, they will come to the conclusion, these very same people, you, you actually need to be wadded up and thrown away. Nail him to a cross. He has been such a disappointment to us. 
Jesus is not what I expected. Uh, I have had the the, uh, the privilege, and I would say it's a privilege, the Lord has allowed me the opportunity in, in the, the 30 years now of walking with the Lord, I have had the opportunity to question my faith. <laughs> I just appreciate that the Lord has uh, given me the grace to be honest enough about uh, who Jesus has actually turned out to be in my life. And given me the grace to navigate those questions I have, right, uh, with, with honesty before him. There have been times in my life when Jesus has been a disappointment to me, right? And maybe, uh, maybe you as well. In fact, I can remember one, one time in particular. This hasn't happened a lot. Uh, you, you don't need to be afraid for me. I'm just saying that there have been times, right, when I've wrestled with the reality of who Jesus is. I remember a time years ago, about this time of year, when I was very honestly wrestling with the question, is Jesus really God's son? And not, not willing to, uh, to just kind of like uh, blow that question off, but pursue that question and get a good answer from the Lord uh, about that. And what I see happen often, I, I, because of that opportunity, I, I often have conversations with people who are also wrestling with their faith. And something that I, I, um, I see happen there is that when people find themselves disappointed in Jesus, they, they say, you're, you're actually not at all what I expected. Uh, one, one, of the, one of the patterns there is that they will um, begin to turn away from him and find answers in almost any other place besides Jesus. And this is why I say that God has given me the grace to question my faith. Because by God's grace, I have always, when wrestling with the person of Jesus, I have always included him in it. You understand that? I've always said, this is really about you, so I'm gonna let you, by your spirit, prove yourself to me or not. But I'm not distancing myself from you until I have answers to these questions. And so far, again, he's been so gracious. But that is the pattern. Let me ask you something. When you're questioning your faith, do you respectfully invite God to explain himself? Or do you invite anybody but God to speak into your life, to speak into your questions about himself? There is a regression from restrained praise, these people praising Jesus, Hosanna, blessed. And in a period of a week, the cries turn to crucify, right? There is a regression from restraining our praise even as we have questions about him. I want to read this passage to you. Romans chapter 1. This passage is actually in my notes, which is a Larger font, so I don't need my glasses. Romans chapter 1, 21 through 25. It says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Are you seeing the progression? They knew God, but they would not give thanks to him, would not praise him, right? 
until he met all their expectations. And so their foolish hearts became darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, since they were making this exchange, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served creator, uh, cre- the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. There is a regression from restrained praise. I will not praise you. I will not honor you. I will not recognize you as God until you meet my expectations and their hearts are darkened. Darkened. And they make an exchange. And listen to this exchange. The exchange is for the truth. The exchange, I'm exchanging the truth for a lie. Please, I have the truth. I'd like to trade it in. Would you please give me a lie? Doesn't sound like much of an exchange, does it? But when we restrain our praise from this God, that's exactly what's going on. And what's, what's frustrating about that, what's, what's self-defeating about that, is that it's as we praise Jesus, we discover who he is, Right? As we praise him, as we turn our attention in submission to him and say, you are valuable, as we do that, we begin to discover actually who he is. And that may not necessarily match our expectations, but we do discover the truth. Jesus says, I'll tell you what, if these people didn't recognize me, as worthy of praise, the very stones would cry out. Now imagine that, would you? If you were walking through Jerusalem, Jesus on his donkey, and he's like, hey, 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 and everyone says, we will not praise you until you meet our expectations. We will not. And the ground begins to tremble, right? And the rocks, God gave me everything I want. Come on. Right? I mean, right. What else could be going on there, right? It had to be Mick Jagger. If we're talking about stones crying out, right? It has to be. Well, yeah. So, Jesus says, there's no way that I will go unrecognized. If you will not recognize me, creation itself will grow lungs and call out my praise. Because I, I am worthy of praise. I will be recognized. There's a clarity that comes with praise. Praise evolves our understanding of Jesus. As we praise him, there is a peeling back of the curtains and we discover again the truth of who he is. We think we understand him, but as we praise him, our understanding evolves. You know, I'm not a downhill skier. I'm not much of an athlete. I don't know if you've noticed that, but... I'm not a downhill skier, and so to me, for years, 
Girdwood was the last bathroom before Anchorage, right? I had no idea, no idea for years that behind that gas station was an entire community. That back there, behind the gas station, was uh, uh, a beautiful ski resort with a saltwater pool, a really excellent steakhouse back there. To me, it was just Girdwood was the last bathroom before Anchorage. And then I went to Girdwood, and I spent some time there focusing on Girdwood and realized the curtain has been pulled back. There's so much more to Girdwood than that bathroom. The same thing happens with praise. There is a, a as, we, as we stop and we focus and we appreciate this person, Jesus, the curtain is peeled back and we, we, uh, we realize more and more of who he is. Psalms uh, 50 verse 23 says, he who sacrifices thank offerings honors me. In other words, he who praises me, right? He who comes to me and gives thanks and praises me. He who sacrifices thank offerings honors me. And listen to this, especially if you are somebody this morning who is wondering where your salvation is coming from. If you're someone this morning who's wondering, uh, maybe you are disappointed in Jesus. He has not met your expectations. If that's you this morning, pay close attention to this next part. He says, the, the person who praises me honors me, and he prepares the way so that I may show him the salvation of God. In other words... I know the temptation is to restrain yourself from praising this God you do not understand. But if you would sacrifice praise offerings to me, it prepares the way for me to peel back the curtain and reveal to you who I am and where your salvation is coming from. Praise also recalibrates our expectations of Jesus. It's a passage, it's one of my go-tos. It's in every third sermon I preach. I'm sure you're familiar with it. You've been hearing it for a long time now. But let's look again at Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. In other words, there are mysteries. There are things you will not understand about this God. Is it okay with you if the God of the universe is not fully understandable, right? He says, but there are a handful of things that are crystal clear. The scripture and the spirit have made those clear to us. A handful. You can wrap up that those, those crystal clear things, you can wrap that up in the simple gospel message. Those things, he says, hang on to those things, grab on to those things, own those things, because they belong to you. And praise recalibrates our expectations of Jesus. You may be confused by the mysteries, but when you focus again and offer praise for the things that you own, the things that are revealed, the simple gospel message of who Jesus is and how our salvation came to us. 
when you focus there, it recalibrates the mysteries. Does that make sense? I'll take that as a yes. (laughs) Praise what you know. If you are wrestling this morning with your expectations of how God has behaved in your life, or maybe not behaved, uh, begin by praising what you know. Back it off a little bit. Go down to the basics and praise those. You may not be able to praise him for the healing that you were expecting, that he is taking his sweet time to deliver. So you may not be able to praise him for that, but you can praise him that he is the creator. I praise you that you are the God of the universe. I praise you that even though I'm mad at you, (laughs) you did, historically we know that you went to the cross and you said you did that out of obedience to the Father on my behalf. So I'm going to start there. And I'm going to praise you there. And I'm going to let that recalibrate my expectations. Listen, the, the, the feeling, the sense of losing something, of having an expectation that is continuing to go unmet, that feeling is actually more powerful than the feeling of achieving something or being given something that you were expecting. Do you understand? In other words, when our expectations are not met and we are disappointed, that feeling is stronger than the feeling of being rewarded with the thing you had hoped to get. Because of that, because of that truth, we often fixate on the unmet expectation. And so we look at God and we look at Jesus and we say, I'm confused by you, I'm disappointed by you, and that becomes the whole picture, right? Uh, That becomes our whole experience of God, and that is not true. That is a piece of the picture, but it's not the whole picture. And so I would say, praise Jesus. It will recalibrate your expectations. And I'm not talking about sugarcoating here. I'm not talking about uh, self-emotional manipulation. I'm talking about recalibrating to a more truthful picture of the person of Jesus, of the character of God. You know, uh, as I get older and I try things, Spiritually, (laughs) as that happens, I I am less and less. uh, I'm not expecting Jesus to perform specific tasks. I found that when there are specific things, very specific things that I am expecting Jesus to do in my life, when that's the situation, I often find myself disappointed. Is that fair? Um, And you don't have to agree with me, and I'm actually a free agent now, so I'm not even making a statement on behalf of Church on the Rock. All I'm saying is me, Skip Bauer Socks. I am walking with the Lord now, expecting him to do specific things for me, less and less. But this is what I am expecting. 
I'm expecting him to perform specific, I am not expecting him to perform specific tasks as much as I am expecting him to be a certain character, right? He doesn't have to do for me, but he does have to be for me, right? I am expecting that. I'm counting on that. I'm holding him to that. And so he has said he is the provider. And when I was young, I would say he's, he's the provider. Therefore, the check will be in the mail. And then I was disappointed. But he is a provider. And so instead of expecting him to do this thing for me, I go to him and say, dear Jesus, I know that you are the provider. This is my situation. What are you providing? Because you are a provider. And right now in this moment, while I'm broke, while I could really use a check in the mail, I know that you are providing something for me. In the Old Testament, early on, the Israelites were scolded pretty harshly because on the seventh day, they didn't get manna. The provider didn't provide for them on that day. But the truth is, the provider did provide. Only it wasn't manna, it was rest. But they weren't looking for rest, right? You might say, Jesus, you are the healer. And so I would say, Jesus, you have not yet healed my weak body, my sick body, my diseased body. I I am waiting for you to come and heal my body. And Jesus says, no, 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 I I am a healer, and I am healing. It just may not be to your expectations. But I am being a healer. Jesus, you said you were a redeemer, and my situation is so broken, so, so lost. I thought you would redeem my business my health, my marriage, my relationships. I thought you were the redeemer. And Jesus says, I am a redeemer. And I am redeeming. Praise me. Recalibrate. Peel back the curtain. And you will, uh, you will discover again that I am a redeemer. And I am redeeming. It just may not be to your expectations. The people of Jerusalem that morning were calling out, Hosanna, which is a, 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 a term of exaltation, a term of praise. And what they were saying was, save us. But really what they were saying was, save us from Rome. And Jesus says, I accept your praise, Hosanna. I have every intention of saving you. In fact, I am right now saving you. But I'm not going to save you from Rome. I'm going to save your soul. I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to shed my blood, and I'm going to purchase for you your salvation, because you cannot do that for yourself. I am going to save you. Jesus is not what you expected. You feel alone in an injustice? 
you feel caught by surprise? Do you fear that you are being robbed by God? Are you disappointed by God? Are you left wondering about Jesus? You're in good company. You are not far from salvation. The gospel has made room for you to have your disappointment and surrender it through praise to the character of God. As we praise Jesus, we discover who he is. Or, or we withhold our praise. And it, it just gets darker. The rocks cry out. As we praise Jesus, we discover who he is. And he will be recognized as the Lord. Jesus is not earning our praise. He simply is worthy of our praise. And so one morning, a man is sitting in his simple first century home, having breakfast, talking over his day with his wife, and he hears the donkey neigh or whinny or does any, anyone know what a donkey does? Bray. Thank you. Wow. You guys are sharp. You know your farm animals. Good job. I heard the, the donkey. Something's going on. Something's going on in the yard with the donkey. So he puts down his coffee in the paper and he looks out the window. There's a couple of clowns out there that are untying his donkey. He leaves the table. The chair falls back, right? He rushes out there to confront those guys. Hey! Hey! What are you doing with my donkey? He feels like uh, he feels like he's being robbed, right? He feels like there's an injustice happening right now in his own home, and he is the only one who can address that injustice. He runs out to those two clowns. And he says, "Hey, what are you doing untying my donkey?" And these boys say to him, "Uh, you know, they're caught red-handed." Uh. What's the magic words? Um, the, the Lord has need of this. Not even, not even please. But the, the, Lord, the Lord has need of this. And the man says, uh, all right. Because he's the Lord, and I recognize him as Lord, though I felt like I was being robbed Though I felt like I was alone in an injustice, I will participate as best as I can in this praise of Jesus, the coming King. I'd like to invite the worship team forward. You know, uh, one of the perks of having a couple weeks off is that I, I've, I've, uh, I've come to Come, I've returned to preaching and I've shortened up my sermon, so lucky you. <laughs> this is the beginning of Holy Week, um, a week where we will move towards from Palm Sunday towards uh, the events of the Last Supper, 
Good Friday where Jesus is crucified, and then the resurrection. You know, that we have a, we have, um, uh, a number of brothers, I mean, just thousands, maybe millions, I, don't, I, I get lost on numbers, but there we have brothers and sisters in the Lord who are more, uh, in a more of a liturgical tradition than we have here at Church on the Rock, Catholics, Lutherans, who begin their march towards this week much earlier, as, you, as you're probably aware, Lent, and it begins with Ash Wednesday. Um, where they take uh, the palm branches that they use to celebrate this day from the year before. They take those palm branches, now all dried up from sitting on a shelf for a year, and they burn them, and they smash them, and they grind them up. And those palm branches become the ash that marks their, their repentance. it's been a long time since you've praised Jesus because he has not met your expectations if it's been a while since you have been liberal in acknowledging his tremendous value because he has disappointed you I would say maybe it's time for those old praises dried up by resentment frustration, those old praises to become the symbol of repentance, right? And that maybe today, and especially tonight, as we praise the Lord, maybe you would repent towards praise. Amen. And as you do, maybe your expectations will be recalibrated. Maybe you will you will have revealed to you a fresh insight on the character of God. Would you stand? As you know, we have a number of ways to respond. Each Sunday morning, there will be people off to the side who would be glad to pray with you. Listen, your questions, your frustrations, your disappointments are legitimate. They deserve to be acknowledged, but they need to be acknowledged in the presence of a God you are committed to worshiping, right? And they can, they can talk with you, pray with you to that end. There's offering receptacles around the room if you want to support the ministry of Church on the Rock. There's communion tables around the room if you want to remember the sacrifice of Jesus, the broken body, the shed blood. Those are available to you. Be even appropriate for us to begin this week in particular with communion. And of course, there is this opportunity to once again, very humbly, in sincerity, come before Jesus and say, the fact is, you are worthy of my praise. And I haven't figured you out. And you know, you and I, we got things to work on. <laughs> but here I am this morning submitting myself to you. You're the Lord, and I will praise you. Let's go ahead and do that. You know, the praise of his people is a glimpse of heaven. Isn't that fantastic? So good to be with you this morning. This is just, this is just our appetizer 
We're going to reconvene this evening at 6 p.m. here in the gym and praise the Lord together. Skip, thank you so much. Uh, if you're here this morning and uh, because of, of disappointment, uh, because maybe some things just haven't lined up or worked out, you've just never taken that step to have a relationship with the Lord. Today is the day. Uh, today is the day that you can say yes to Him. Say, God, I've, I've, I've given it my best shot. It's not worked out. I'm turning and I'm turning to you. Today is the day that I'm going to follow you. I'm going to ask our uh, prayer team ministry members to stay put for a little bit. If you would like prayer uh, for any reason, uh, they would love to pray with you as we wind down. We're wrapping up uh, as a gift from Skip. We're wrapping up a few minutes early. Um, if you're picking up kids, you might want to hold back just a couple minutes to make sure they have everyone kind of gathered back where they need to be for dismissal. Uh, in this room here, we are going to leave everything as it is. There's no pickup here. If you want to help with cleanup, you can help in 252 or in the hallway. Um, no house churches tonight, no senior high, no junior high youth group, but we'll see you back here at 6 o'clock. God bless you. May his presence be with you. You're dismissed.